Hello, and welcome to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is your one-stop shop for all things nutrition, fitness, and mindset. Our goal is to help you make fitness and nutrition a part of your life, not your whole life. We discuss a variety of topics, including faith, self-awareness, sustainability and consistency, training programs, grocery store navigation, and how to enjoy your favorite foods without guilt or remorse. There is a lot of noise out there in the world of health and fitness, so we're here to provide real, reliable, and practical answers and recommendations that will keep you moving forward on your journey. My wife Ashley and I are your hosts, and please do not hesitate to reach out on social media to say hello, ask questions, or comment on this week's episode. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Right, welcome back. This is episode one seventeen, and I'm here with my lovely, gorgeous, perfect little angel of a <laughs> wife, Ash. Welcome back to the show. It's been a while. It's only been, I think, two episodes. I was on the one before, Christian. Uh, oh, maybe not. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the one before that. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a minute. Is that what the kids say nowadays? It's been a minute. Probably not. They probably have something like hipper. You know what I should have said when you said you were on right before Christian Williams? I should have said, you capping, bro. I don't even know what that means. Because you're lying. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Capping? Yeah. Capping. Where did you hear that? That's cap. TikTok? Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> you got to watch Trey Kennedy's latest video. He does all those new new uh, oh, slang terms. I'm surprised you haven't showed me it yet. Well, you don't like when I show you those. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, so today you're taking the lead. So I'm just going to sit back and chime in whenever I feel like I have something that can add to the conversation. But go ahead and take it away, babe. All righty. So we're talking about change today. And this topic, it was inspired by the book that we're actually reading in the Ballistic Performance Book Club is called How to Do the Work by Dr. Nicole. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her last name correctly. LaPera. I'm going to go with that. Uh, and then my own therapy journey so far with Andy Ruth, who was on our podcast. Do you remember the episode? A few podcasts back. It wasn't that long ago. Um, and yeah, so I'm excited. It's a topic that I am very passionate about. And because I'm currently like going through... I guess, quote unquote, doing the work. Um, I am excited to chat with you all about it. So starting off, I just want to talk about like why change is so difficult. And I am going to get into a little bit of science here, but I think one, it's necessary. And two, I just think like, I, I just think it's going to be helpful for you. So we have our subconscious and our conscious mind. I'm going to be diving into basically both of them here in today's episode. And so many of us exist in a state of unconsciousness or from like our subconscious mind, however you want to, whatever you want to call it. We navigate through the world running on autopilot, basically carrying out automatic, just habitual behaviors that may not necessarily serve us or reflect who we fundamentally are or who we really truly want to be. And I found this um, 
stat super interesting. So some brain scans reveal that we operate only 5% of our day in the conscious state. And the rest of the time, we're in our subconscious autopilot. That literally means we're making active choices only a small sliver of our day and letting our subconscious basically run the show the rest of the time. And I know when I read that statistic, D, I like (laughs) talked to you about it for like, what, probably like five days because I just think it's so interesting. Yeah, you didn't shut up about it for like a solid three days. Because 5%. Like, don't you think that's mind-blowing? That means 95% of the time we're on autopilot. Yeah. Holy hell. But that's nuts. (laughs) And so uh, diving more into, like, what the subconscious mind is, is our subconscious, it stores basically every experience we ever have, like, from the second that we're born. Every moment of every day, the subconscious mind is basically shaping the way that we see the world. And it's basically the primary driver of most of our behaviors. So anytime that we're not fully conscious, our subconscious mind is literally like hard at work or taking over and it's creating what is like, quote unquote, us or like who we are in our day to day life. And that is exactly why change often feels so overwhelming it's because the main function of our subconscious mind, which again, we're only conscious 5% of our day, most likely, it's to keep us safe. And it's li- literally threatened by change. And so we experience this like pull toward the familiar when we feel these different discomforts that we often experience with change, right? And so the subconscious mind, it loves, loves, loves existing in a comfort zone. And so the safest place, it turns out, is one that we've already been to before and we can predict the outcome, basically. Even if that doesn't necessarily serve like our future self or our goals, it wants to pull us towards what we what we already know. Um, and so I want you to think about it like this, like every time that we make a choice that's outside of our, what I'm going to call default programming, our subconscious mind, it's going to attempt to pull us back to that familiar by creating mental resistance. And that mental resistance can basically come about as either mental or physical discomfort. So it can take the form of like these cyclical or like repeatable thoughts such as like oh I can just do it later or I just don't need to do it at all or physical symptoms such as like agitation uh, anxiety or just simply not feeling like yourself and so this is your subconscious basically communicating to you that it's uncomfortable with the new territory of what you're trying to change and so an example I'm going to give you is Let's say you really want to work out, but every time you go to work out, something comes up and you tell yourself, well, I can just do it later. When that happens, that is most likely your subconscious mind providing you with that resistance of, well, I can just do it after X. I can just do it after Y, so on and so forth until the end of the day when, okay, it's time to bed earth time to bed it's time to go to bed and now you didn't get your workout in um even though you know that change 
is ultimately good for you, your subconscious mind, it doesn't care. What are your thoughts? Anything to add from that, D? No, I think it's very interesting. And I was actually going to cut you off earlier, but I wanted to let you keep going on a roll because what it made me immediately think of is the fact that I'd rather go to a restaurant I've already been to because I know the experience, mm. you know? So it's something that you do in very like, I don't want to say meaningless, but very uh, minuscule things throughout your life. Yeah. That you hop into that same like pattern mm -hmm. and mechanic, so to speak. Uh, so I, that's what I was going to say is I'd rather do that every time. Yeah. Because I know what to expect. And I think that's something we talk to our clients about a lot is, and a question we often ask them of what are you getting out of not doing X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what they're getting out of it often is safety. Now they don't come out and say safety. They come out and say, you know, 27 different other things. But at the root of it, as we continue to, to navigate the conversation, they themselves determine that, holy shit, I don't do this. I don't eat well or I don't exercise even though I know I should because I find safety and comfort in the current situation that I'm living. Yes. Yeah, that is a very, very good point. I feel like that's a question that we've probably asked every single one of our one-on-one -on -one clients um, because it comes down to how can you find other ways in your life to provide that safe feeling, right? Um, but no, I really like what you said about the restaurant example. I've never thought about it like that. But it's our subconscious mind. Who knew? Not me. Um, well, perfect. So luckily, I do have some good news because I feel like if you just listen to this first part, you're probably like, well, I'm screwed. <laughs> I can never make a change. So you aren't actually stuck and you can make a change. That's good news. Thanks to epigenetics, we know that our genes are not fixed. Epigenetics, I don't even know. Epigenetics, am I saying that correctly? Epi That's close enough. How do you say it? Epigenetics. Epigenetics. Ep epigenetics. epigenetics. I don't say that word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, we did in school. Uh, it is the study of how our behaviors and environment can cause changes that affect the way our genes work. So, for example, the idea that if, like, your family's sick, you will become sick. That's, in fact, not true, even though for a while there we thought it was. Now, thanks to neuroplasticity, we know that the brain can form new pathways. The brain is remarkably able to recognize itself and grow new connections between neurons. So research shows that practices like yoga, meditation, deep breathing, they help us to focus our attention on the present moment or especially they're especially powerful in restructuring the brain. And when new, new neural pathways are created, we're able to break free of our default patterns and live more actively in our conscious state. And then thanks to the conscious mind, we know that the power of our thoughts can affect change. And then lastly, thanks to the polyvagal theory, we know that the nervous system affects all other systems in our body. And I'm not going to dive into the nervous system in today's podcast episode because that literally could be an entire episode by itself. But thanks to all of those things, we can, in fact, actually make a change. So how do we actually make change? And before I dive more into how to actually make the change, anything to add there, D? Nothing to add. Continue. <laughs> Perfect. 
Um, so there is tremendous freedom and just not believing every thought we have and understanding that we are the thinker of our own thoughts, not the thoughts themselves. Our minds are extremely powerful tools. And if we do not become consciously aware of the disconnect between our like true self and our thoughts, we give our thoughts like way too much control in our actual daily life. And so to begin the work, basically, we have to be in an environment that we consider safe and supportive. So that's like tip one, safe and supportive environment. The first way to actually create change is to begin to practice imagining a future that's different from your past and present realities. So whether that's like writing down daily affirmations, monthly affirmations, just goals in general, that can all be really helpful. And basically the practice of making consistent, small, daily choices through what I call was like those push and pull resistances help empower us to actually make or make and maintain change. And it's actually super similar to the idea of what James Clear talks about in Atomic Habits, which I feel like I probably bring up every single podcast that I'm on. We are not an affiliate of Atomic Habits. No, but (laughs) I hope he makes a lot of money from us. Because Ash brings it up every time she's on the show. Because it's amazing. I just think change is so freaking cool, and that book really explains it well. So... In case I've never explained this, he explains that each day is made up of many moments, but it's really a few habitual choices that determine the path that you take. And these choices are what stack up, each one setting the trajectory for how you spend the next chunk of time. I feel like those two things, like what Dr. LaPera and then what James Clear talks about, I feel like they really go hand in hand. Don't you think? Yes, I do, actually. <laughs> Now, um, Dr. LaPera, she goes into a lot of detail in her book, but one tactical piece that I want to talk to you about to wrap up today's episode is increasing like consciousness, or you could say decreasing autopilot. And this is something that I've been working on personally in like my therapy journey. And so my therapist made sure to explain that this will most likely happen like quote-unquote out of the moment so I'm gonna use um our our fights. arguments <laughs> as an example here like when my one of my goals with therapy is just to increase consciousness I called it just to be more present in my daily life and not just within fights <laughs> but like ev- all day <laughs> and so <clears throat> excuse me and so What she was meaning by like happen out of the moment is I'm most likely not going to be able to be fully conscious and aware like when when my nervous system is dysregulated, when I'm emotions are super high. It's probably going to happen when I'm sitting at my desk working or when I'm walking. Let me dissect that. So Ash said it very professionally, but what she she meant to say (laughs) for anyone who didn't process that was... When she's pissed off at me and wants to kill me, <laughs> she knows that she's not going to be very present in that moment. Instead, <laughs> she's going to become she's going to become a recluse. A recluse. What is that word? Like come into the office and stay here. Oh, okay. And let her emotions subside 
so that she doesn't stab me with <laughs> a knife out of the butcher's block. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, kind of. But also. <laughs> but also. You're right. Maybe just strangulate. <laughs> strangulate? Strangulation. Isn't <laughs> just strangle? Yeah. I strangle you. I'm saying Not maybe strangulate. that's what you'd prefer instead of stabbing. <laughs> maybe. But. Yeah, I don't I don't even know what I was going to say there. Sure, I guess. Eventually, my goal is to be in an argument to tap into my conscious self and not want to stab him. <laughs> Does that make sense? We do not need a couple's counsel, everybody. <laughs> we are OK. Yes, but that was a good example, right? Yes. Great example. <laughs> Gonna okay. get 77 DMs <laughs> asking if everything's okay because we just announced we're having a baby, and now you are also proclaiming that you like to stab me. That's not true. I, you said that, I did not. Okay, CPS is gonna be knocking on the door the minute this baby is born. <laughs> D, stop. Um, okay, getting back on track. Is that okay? Okay. <laughs> So when you're practicing consciousness or being present, whatever you want to call it, you want to be an objective observer. This is one of the hardest things for me so far. So what that means is really not having any judgment towards yourself. You're just checking in. You're asking, you're checking in to see how your body's feeling, like what's going on around you. Uh, what do you smell? What do you taste? Literally like as much detail as possible and that's about it what are your thoughts i think the the exercise you gave them there at the end like the how did you phrase that observer yeah um objective observer objective observer i didn't want to butcher that i think that's a really powerful exercise that uh, is really difficult to implement but if you're willing to stick with it and continue to practice it it can really help you not stab your partner or mm. just be more successful in navigating other situations in your life. Yeah. And honestly, making a change until you can objectively observe what is going on, why you're not making the change or why it's so difficult. You're most likely going to stay on autopilot and that change is just going to be harder and harder to actually make and like maintain. Right. Agree. Well, perfect. So that that's my one tip. I don't want to dive into like the entire book. I'll probably come on and do another maybe just like a book recap. But that is one thing that I think you could practice this week is being an objective, objective observer when um, just throughout your day. Love it. And if you want to find out more about that, dive deeper into the science behind it and have somebody at your side to help you through that process of becoming a more observational observer. Did I say that mm -hmm. correctly? Yeah. Then reach out to us. We're more than happy to, to chat with you, to answer your questions. And also we're pretty good at the whole like fitness and nutrition side of things. So we can always help you out on that front as well. You can send us a DM with like the pound emoji and we'll, uh, we'll get in touch and, We'll see if we can help point you in the right direction. Perfect. That sounds good. All right, y'all. We appreciate you so much for listening, and we hope you have a fantastic week. Bye, y'all. 
Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, Ash and I just want to take a moment to express our thanks and gratitude. We are so incredibly blessed to have your support and we could not continue to show up week in and week out if it were not for you. If you enjoy what you hear in this channel, please head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, leave a review in there as well. That is how we reach more people and change more lives through the platform. Lastly, if you don't follow us across all of our other social media accounts, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. Our handles are either Ballistic.Performance or Ballistic Performance across all of those platforms. Or you can check us out online at TrainBallistic.com. Again, we appreciate and love you so much, and we hope you have a fantastic week.